I'm back. Where'd I go? I was fulfilling a near lifelong dream. Wonder what it was? Here's your show. Episode 258, The Southwest Adventure. This is the Ericast for the week of March 29, 2015. From Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. All right, so so much for a really good start to regular show habit, but I have a good excuse. So, welcome to the Ericast, or welcome back to the Ericast. I'm your host, Eric Larson, 206-339-3742, the listener feedback line, as always. Easy to remember, because it spells out 206-339-ERIC, E-R-I-C. Keep that number handy, because I want to know your feedback on what else you want to know about the trip that I'm about to discuss, because yes... We're talking about an exciting spring trip, lifelong dream thing. So I'm going to dive right into it. I think the way I'm going to set this up is this will be just the summary of five days traipsing through the desert. Um, and then maybe, depending on how it goes, in subsequent shows we'll do um, highlights of particular sites or something. Don't quite know. A lot to talk about, so I'll dive right in. Here is the deal. When I was a kid, I was a huge Roadrunner and Coyote cartoon fan. It was my favorite cartoon. Tom and Jerry, too, I really liked. And Pink Panther. But uh, Roadrunner and Coyote, favorite Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers cartoon. Loved it. And I loved it both for the um, the goofy contraptions that the Coyote would, would come up with, but also for the desert scenery. So for years, pretty much ever since then, I have wanted to get to that part of the desert and see that for myself. I didn't care if I saw roadrunners or coyotes, but I wanted to see that scenery. I knew that it wasn't quite as extreme as what you'd see sort of stylized in the cartoons, but I knew that there were balancing rocks and canyons and stuff, and I wanted I I wanted to see that for years and years and years. And I've said, one of these years, I'll do that. So I decided... This is the year. We're going to make it happen in 2015. There are a couple previous years where I kind of thought about it and came close or whatever and things just didn't quite work out. I decided this is the year we're going to do it. Stop dreaming, start doing. Okay. So, family vacation. That's a good option. If I didn't mention it before or if you didn't pick it up, uh, Ruth is back to teaching. So sort of... Um, after 10 years off with a, with a brief full of return in there before Chloe was born, um, Ruth is back teaching high school. This time she's teaching in our own district, which is really great. I mean, she's at high school and the, you know, the girls are 11 and 8, so they're not quite in high school yet. Uh, but it means that it's basically the same academic calendar. So Ruth and the girls had spring break the same week. It's last week. Whereas I, working at an academic institution, this week is our spring break. But it was a fairly quiet time, so we thought, okay, we can do this during spring break. That'll work. Thought about doing a road trip, but Minnesota down to, you know, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, etc. That's like, it's like 22 hours of driving down, give or take. So by the time you do that much driving, you have like a day maybe to sort of look around and then turn around and start driving north. And who knows what the weather's going to be like. So we thought, eh, that's, that's kind of a bad idea. Plus, 
I know there's this luxurious idea of teachers just kicking back and, and doing nothing but sitting on the couch eating bonbons during a break. But believe it or not, a lot of the time spent during a break is actually preparing for when you come back from the break. So we kind of realized that this would not be a relaxing time for Ruth because she would not be getting any of her stuff done that she would need to get done when she got back to school. You can't really show up on Monday after break and say, hey, kids, I don't really have a lesson plan, so what do you want to do? Not a good plan. So it started to look like this was not going to work well as a family trip. Now, one of the things that Ruth suggested is, well, hey, we do the Duluth trip every June when school gets out. So maybe instead of Duluth, we could we could do this as the road trip then and take, you know, take our time getting down there. And I said, that's a great idea. But desert in late March is different from desert in late June. Different like 40 or 50 degrees different. So I don't think that's such a good idea. But maybe it could work, not quite so sure, etc. Tell you what, what if I do this as my own personal like scouting trip? So that way I get it out of my system. We can try the road trip thing. If the girls or you or I or somebody get crabby and we turn back or whatever, we can we can do that and I won't be disappointed and say, you, you destroyed my dream. Why don't I pop down there? I can get a cheap flight into Vegas and then drive north and, you know, check stuff out or whatever. Um could be the best of all worlds. And then I started doing the math and realizing, well, if I do that, I have to rent a car, which is fine. I have to get hotel rooms, which is fine. And a single is the same price as a double. So at that point, for just the cost of one additional cheap plane ticket, I could bring Candela. Because she's 11 and she would appreciate that. Now, Chloe would, she's a mature eight and could appreciate it, but Kendall and Chloe together, that's a whole different dynamic. So, daddy with the two girls together, yeah, it's not going to work too well. And if we all tried to fly down there, all of a sudden this starts to become something more than just a simple little scouting mission. Let's let Derek live his dream and check it out. And it becomes like a big trip that we're all flying in for. And now we're back to the Ruth not getting her stuff done. See how this is all working? So we decided, let's do that. Kendall and I would fly into Vegas, drive north into the parks and the scenery, um, leave Ruth home with Chloe, and then Kendall and I would fly back. We'd have a weekend to get readjusted and, and be, be back to normal. So that is exactly what I was doing last week. It was really cool. So, I'm going to try to give you the summary. The Originally, I always thought, when you think Desert Southwest, Roadrunner, Scenery, etc., you think like Arizona. At least that's what pops into my mind. Well, I've been doing some research over the past couple of years, and the reality was that I think I want to get to Utah. Probably like Moab, which is in the like the southeast corner of Utah, um, right outside of Moab, and you, and you might know Moab from uh, like four by four Jeep racing and you know driving over dunes and things like that. It's it's sort of like the adventure, the adventure capital of the Southwest. Outside of Moab, there are two uh, fairly well known parks. Um, one is Arches National Park, and the other is Canyonlands. Uh, there's also Dead Horse State Park, which doesn't sound very appealing if it's, you know, talks about 
a dead horse, but there is no dead horse there. Okay. Also in Utah, so that's like southeast Utah, uh, just geographically to orient yourself. If you remember that Utah kind of looks like a, it's almost like an L, but not really, um, not an L like Idaho, but it has a little tail up at the top. Uh, that is where Salt Lake City is. Everyone who think Utah, you think Salt Lake City. So that's way up in the, in the northwest corner. In the southwest corner, uh, are Zion National Park and Bryce Canyon National Park. And then that basically, you know, the corner there touches uh, the corner of, of Nevada, and you've got Las Vegas in that corner. Hence the thought of flying into Vegas and, and driving north. Now, I originally thought, well, I should be able to make it all the way over to Moab. I mean, you kind of cross the state. But um, halfway in between is Bryce Canyon, so maybe I'll like stay in Bryce Canyon and then do like a, a like a maybe not a day trip over to Moab, but like over for one night and then back. I got a really good hotel rate um, at uh, Ruby's Inn, which is like the hotel. There are two of them at Bryce Canyon. Um, we'll sort of figure out how to make that work. And I so I, I booked that, and then I was watching the weather on the little weather app on the phone, and I was trying to figure out why is it that that Bryce Canyon is actually colder than it is here in St. Paul. This is the desert. The desert's warm, right? Yeah, you see, because in Minnesota, we're we're pretty flat. And so there was one thing I didn't really account for in this initial pass at planning, um, and that is if you're heading into canyon country in Utah, the canyons aren't just deep holes in the ground. There are things called mountains, and sometimes the canyons are the spaces between the mountains. Bryce Canyon is... Right around 9,000 feet. That's pretty high. Uh, Minnesota, if you're curious, is right around 1,000 feet above sea level. So all of a sudden, um, A, that explained why it was cold. B, I started worrying a little bit about altitude sickness. Because <laughs> we probably should be fine. But going straight into I mean, I felt it in Denver when I did the Educause conference. Um, and that's the Mile High City at only 5,000 feet. So... Golly, spending three or four nights at 9,000 feet, this might go poorly for us. So I sort of readjusted the trip a little bit. And here's what we did. Okay. Sunday night here in St. Paul, it snows. And it snows a lot um, for, for us. We've had a very dry winter and we need the moisture to get into the ground so that, you know, Farmers can plant and crops can grow and stuff. So we definitely needed that. And we were happy to get to six or seven inches, but that, you know, sort of, ran the risk of slowing traffic down and stuff. But um, a very good friend who's an even better friend now because he did this for us, drove us to the airport, uh, picked us up at 5.30 um, so that we could catch our, um, if that's a.m., so we could catch our 7.45 flight or whatever. So uh, Monday morning, we fly out around 7.45, land in Las Vegas at at nine something. Candela's first flight. And flying out, we actually flew over Bryce Canyon. So the, the, the pilot mentioned that. And I'd been staring at maps and stuff, planning this long enough that, that I looked out and I think that's Bryce Canyon. And then the pilot said, we're flying over Bryce Canyon. Like, there you go. Okay. So we do that. Uh, pick up the rental car. Very interesting system in Las Vegas because all of the rental cars are off-site. So from the airport, no matter what you're doing for a rental car, you take a shuttle bus to the rental car facility, which is this gigantic parking ramp. Very efficient system because that way you don't have a bunch of cars driving into and out of the airport. Um, pick up the rental car, stop at McDonald's, grab a bit of food, kind of get our bearings, and we start heading north, north-northeast. 
Um, and it's really cool. I mean, you land and there are mountains, uh, you know, on the, on the distance and it's like, wow, yeah, I'm in the desert. Okay. This is cool. So we start heading north. Um, we come up through the, um, I should double check this. So I was going to say through the Virgin Ridge River Gorge. I want to make sure that's it because, uh, the Virgin River is what's in, um, Zion. So I just want to make sure we're talking about the same river. Yes. Um, live, uh, live web surfing. So, um, just want to just want to make sure we got it right. Um, the Virgin River Gorge is located between St. George, Utah, and Lofa, Arizona. Um, yes, so apparently that that is that is it. Um, yes, so Interstate 15 runs through the canyon and crosses the river, um, which it indeed does. That is is spectacular. I mean, that alone is just beautiful. It's this gigantic canyon that you're driving through. Like, wow, that's really cool. So we keep heading up. Um, we turn and head through uh, what I would call hurricane. I think locally it's pronounced hurricane. Uh, again, more beautiful scenery. And we're going to have to talk about this in a later podcast. The whole um, sedimentary layers and plate tectonics and stuff and looking at these these uh, hills and bluffs and the, the weird angles of all the uh, uh, of all the rock is just it's really cool. So we did that and got to Springdale, which is just outside of Zion National Park. Uh, so there we are Monday night, um, and we took the shuttle in. They were running the shuttles already. The way that both Zion and Bryce do this, Zion, they had just started their peak season, you know, their summer season um, routine. Bryce uh, was running a little bit behind because it's, it's colder, and so they weren't quite you know starting their peak yet. Uh, they don't let you drive into the park. They in in Springdale they have a, a city, you know, town shuttle loop that stops outside the hotels and drops you off at the visitor center in the park. And then at the visitor center in the park, you take a park shuttle which drives you into the park. Um, and it's something. I think it's is it forty five minutes one way around trip. It's a but it's a it's a trip to get like all the way into the park. But the nice thing is, is you know, for me it's. Like, I don't have to drive. And they run every 10 or 15 minutes. So when you get to an interesting stop and you want to get out and walk, you just get out and walk. works really well. Um, and the other really nice thing is Kendall and I have extremely similar taste in uh, travel, hiking preferences, whatever. So neither one of us was saying, you know, I want to go home now or, you know, no, no, I want to walk further. We both had had a, uh, kind of the same uh, level of, of interest in exercise intensity. So that worked out pretty well. Um, and since I'm already like 15 minutes into this podcast, this is going to take more than one episode. So be sure to call 206-339-3742. Let me know what, um, what emphasis you want me to place on, on, on different stuff. I think I'm going to really speed up and then come on, come on back later to, what we did. I think that'll work best. Zion, spectacular. Loved it. Really cool. Not desert. It's canyon. You're kind of in the, at the bottom of the canyon looking up at the peaks. These sheer rock walls. Incredible. Um, so, Tuesday, checked out the hotel, back into Zion for the morning, um, did some stuff, uh, left, then drove through the park on this really cool road with switchbacks and things and through this mile long tunnel. They blasted through one of the, the mountains. Um, and got our way out and up to Bryce Canyon. Bryce Canyon, you're at the top 
of the the canyon, you know, looking looking down on these sculpted, you know, hoodoos, or the, the the term for the like the spires with the little, you know, the bouncing rock type things at the top and stuff. Um, so, also super beautiful. Tuesday night was really interesting. This is a last minute thing that I found on Saturday or Sunday and, and got booked. There's a the Bryce Canyon area has some of the darkest skies in the country. So the National Park Service um, does this. Uh, night sky astronomy thing. Well, that wasn't running yet because it only runs in the summer in their peak season. But one of the guys that did it, um, former park ranger, you know, still is, but, but, you know, switched jobs, but has like a private business doing this thing. So, um, I could talk a whole episode about that. I got to see Jupiter and its moons. You know how you read about how it looks through a telescope? I actually got to see it like through like a, like a 20 inch reflector, seven foot long telescope um that the needle galaxy and and orion nebula and all sorts of really cool stuff really really cool so that was um tuesday night wednesday went into bryce canyon itself a little bit of trivia when you're driving in there at that altitude um that's what northern minnesota looks like so if you've seen bryce canyon but not northern minnesota um that the the pine trees and the snow because it was there was snow there um that's that's northern Minnesota. And if you've seen northern Minnesota and are wondering what would Bryce Canyon look like without the canyon, it looks like northern Minnesota. Uh, so that was great. Um, I was a bad dad. And as we were walking and looking at one of the overlooks, I said, wow, Kendall, look at that, you know, that view, which was spectacular. Um, I was thinking that she would be able to coordinate looking at the view and walking on the, the sidewalk. Um, that didn't quite happen, so... Funk down she went, um, and tore her jeans and skun up her knee. So then we had to figure out band-aids and stuff, but that was all good. We eventually figured that out and it builds character, right? Okay. So that was Wednesday. We did the Bryce Canyon thing. Thursday, we, we left, checked out the hotel, out through Red Canyon, which would be, um, spectacular of its own right if it weren't like right next to Bryce Canyon. Now it's just like, eh, eh, you know, just, drive through it on the way to Bryce Canyon, but that's really cool. Um, same sort of environment. Um, then came down I-15, which has a speed limit of 80. So I told Candela, other than the plane flight, this is the fastest she's ever moved because it could actually drive 80. Um, so that was hmm, interesting bit of trivia. The north end of Zion, there's like a, a, a Coab Canyon Road, um, which takes you into a um, similar scenery but different chunk. Still spectacular. It didn't change in a couple of days. Um, came down through St. George, which is really interesting because that has the first uh, Mormon temple that was built in Utah. So it's kind of an interesting piece of um, you know, American religious history there. Um, after the uh, uh, after the the movement out of uh, Illinois and Missouri and the settlement into Utah. Um, there's a tabernacle there, which is more of like a community uh, meeting house um, that you can go in and, and visit and tour. Um, the temple you can't because it's been consecrated, but there's a visitor center there. So that was that was interesting. Uh, I'm not LDS, but uh, but there's some very nice people to meet there. And again, I like um, I like theology and philosophy and history and architecture. So that all worked out, you know, worked together really well. Also in St. George, there is a rock with petroglyphs on it, in the middle of a suburban development. 
So thanks to TripAdvisor, I found all these these various things, and so I looked that one up. Uh, and that was I, I'm going to see if I can't get the uh, the photos posted, and I'll link them in the show notes this week, next week, sometime. Um, it's just it's rock with these ancient petroglyphs on it, and it's just a a, a lot. You know, the city turned into a park, but there, there are no fences. There's, you know, nothing. It's just a, it's just a big rock with drawings on it, and you know, next to a ranch house, <laughs> and that's what the neighborhood is. So, that was really interesting. Um, I kept going down and stayed in Mesquite, which is um, north of Vegas by, I don't know, hour, hour and a half, something like that. Um, for the hotel that we stayed in. You know, quiet place to go. Um, apparently, downtown Mesquite has lots of you know little casinos and gambling and stuff. But um, we we stayed on the on the outskirts and had a nice hotel with a lovely outdoor hot tub. So that was um, Thursday night, Friday, Friday. Um, that was when we flew out. But the flight was at eleven fifty five p.m. So we had all day Friday. So we left Mesquite. We drove into Valley of Fire, which is a state park. Um, you because it's South of the national parks in Utah, it's quote unquote just a state park, but it is beautiful, spectacular. Um, it is where they did the outdoor Mars scenes for Total Recall, that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie from 20 years back or whatever. Um, and in Star Trek Generations, um, where Kirk dies, sorry to, you know, spoiler alert, um, and Sauron launches the, the missile into the sun, et cetera, that's where that was shot. So, uh, that was my desert scenery. That's what I was, that's what I was waiting for. Um, the, you know, the hot, dry desert rocks and cactus and stuff. Um, it was there. So that was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I mean, kind of fun. It's, you know, two lane road that goes, that goes through and, and you can, you can drive around and, um, quite a few people there. I mean, the season's starting to, to pick up. So, so that was really nice. Um, we we left and continued east before swinging south and drove down along Lake Mead. Um, again, beautiful scenery there. You can tell it's a, I'm talking about beautiful scenery. Uh, more desert-like because it's not like right along the lake. The other thing that's a little depressing is Lake Mead is really low. Like really, really, really low. Like really dry. People say it's really dry. Well, you can see the waterline of where... It typically was once Hoover Dam was built. It flooded to that level. It is nowhere near that. It is really, really down. Yeah. Um, and ended up at Hoover Dam. So we didn't do the big dam tour and stuff, um, but we did go out on the new bridge where you can then look down, you know, the overlook onto the dam. So that was kind of neat. Um, which from that height, after you've seen things like Zion, the dam looks kind of small. I know it's gigantic, but compared to Looking up at the cliffs at Zion with the little tiny specks that are rock climbers, um, Hoover Dam is certainly impressive, but uh, it's impressive in a different way. So, um, anyway, that was basically it. We then came up through Vegas. I took Candela down the uh, the Las Vegas Strip. I'd never been there either, but probably about five or six blocks worth to kind of you know yeah, let's, let's get a feel for it. Um, she commented, "I've never seen so many pedestrians in one spot." Well, yeah. So lots of people around on the strip. Um, got the car returned with no problem. Same big parking terminal thing. Um, it took like five minutes. The TSA 
no line, and for some reason they put us through the TSA pre-screen thing. They, they swipe my hands for explosives using the big, gigantic uh, toilet bowl cleaner cotton swab thing, so I don't know if it was that or the fact that I had a child with me or something, and they, they were just bored and said, we don't have any lines, so here you go. Um, so we, I got to keep my shoes on and liquids in the bag, and wow, that's if I traveled more than once every few years, I would I'd pay the 80 bucks to get bought into that. That was really nice. Um, rented a locker for three bucks and then wandered around the terminal for a little bit. You know, had our, had our bags safe in, in that and just, you know, looked at stores and how expensive things are at an airport terminal. Didn't buy anything. Um, flight left at 11.55 p.m. Uh, Candela got a little bit of sleep on the way home. Unfortunately, she... Um, she was sleeping for the initial descent into MSP, and, and even I, I was wide awake. But um, something with the the, how, the rate we dropped or how we came in or whatever um, bothered my ears a lot more than most flights, and then really bothered hers. I think being asleep for the initial descent just kind of set her into a bad direction. So that was she was a little little um, clogged and in pain, but uh, but came in. Um, Ruth's dad was nice enough to pick us up at 5.30 in the morning on Saturday morning. <sighs> Came home, slept, and uh, went to the circus at 2.30 that afternoon. <laughs> so, um, as you can tell, there's a ton of material in there for subsequent podcasts. So, I would love to know what you want to hear more about, because I am, I, it was great. It was, it was really, really good. Uh, but those are the basics. I would love to talk more about it. So, let me know what you think. 206 Three three nine three seven four two. Give a call. Um, steer me in one direction or another. Uh, I'd love to uh, to flesh out the rest of the story. And until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com.